You are listening to Overcomers Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we are dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you are listening, we hope that this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. So I'm going to talk to you today about about strength, about being strong. And uh, in particular, I'm going to get into a little bit of our vision statement. Can anyone say what our vision statement is at the church? That's right, building strong people, building strong churches, all right? So next time I ask, then you can just shout it out. And we, we were in, um, in meetings uh, several years ago and trying to really lay some things out because the, the Bible says in Habakkuk, it says that to write the vision down, make it plain so that he who sees it can run with it. And then it says, although the vision tarry, wait for it, for it will not tarry. So in other words, you get something from God, you make it clear, and then you stick with that thing until you see that vision come to pass. And I believe this was something that the Lord gave a mantle he placed, a vision mantle on our church for the remainder of this church until Jesus comes. And by the way, this is a multi-generational church that is meant to, and I told the Lord this years ago, that I don't want to build a church, I don't want to start a church and have something that ends when I end. I want it to go past me. So this is why we get very intense about raising people up, and I, I've, I found this out. I'm going to get into this a little bit. Let me just say this, that growers always make non-growers uncomfortable, and what's amazing to me and I've had to work through a lot of stuff in this, like, Lord, where are we missing it? How, what's going on here? Because we've had a lot of people, you know, it used to be that we had people come in and go out because things were not set in order. But once we set things in order and begin to run and the culture shifted in the church, people feel the presence of God and they feel loved continuously in this church. But yet I oftentimes wonder why don't some stick around, but the ones we do have are stronger than horseradish. I mean, you guys are something else. I've literally, we have people, you see the guest speakers that we bring into this church. It is the favor of God on us to bring in the people that we do. And the reason they come is because they see the hand of God, the anointing of God, the favor of God on this place. And so, and so they come. And so there's, it's been a conundrum to me. And it's really good to have really sound-minded people around you. And I, had, I heard some things coming through the grapevine of like, I want to hear more about the vision statement. So the Lord had already been speaking to me about it to go a little bit deeper into it. Because it's one thing to say something, it's another th- thing to explain what it is that you said. And so I'm going to explain it a little bit more today. But, you know, Katie gave me this great thing and, uh, and shared with me that, you know, everybody loves the idea of being strong, but not everybody likes to go to the gym. And for anybody that goes to the gym, it's like January 2, you got all these people walking in, they're like, yeah, here I am, <laughs> yeah. January 30th, they're nowhere to be seen because they don't want to put in the work that it takes to actually become physically strong. It's the same way spiritually. Everybody loves the idea of being robust, faith-filled, strong, steadfast, but when it comes to going into the gym and having the trainer train you up a little bit, a lot of times people, they just, they just don't do that. And it's because where there is growth happening, there is uncomfortableness happening at the same time. You cannot combine comfort and growth at the same time. It's an impossibility. So one of the things that I've, I've worked on to balance is for people to just feel comfortable being here. Um, 
but it just doesn't work very well. It's just really difficult because I, my goal is, you know, I'm part of the five-fold ministry. If you don't believe I'm part of the five-fold ministry, you should not sit underneath of me. But if you believe that God's called the five-fold, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, those are the kind of ones you want to sit under because they are given by God to train and equip the saints for the, for the work of the ministry. And the training and the equipping, you just can think about that as just going to the gym. You're going to the spiritual gym and you're learning to get past and work past uh, the things that are hindering. You know, you know, Luis is sitting back here and a few years ago, I asked him to work out with me and just to help me um, get stronger and, it's, and, it, and it helped me. And, and uh, you know, and he had this phrase that he would say, uh, which I had heard before, but he brought it back to my remembrance that uh, pain is weakness leaving the body. Sometimes when you go through a little bit of pain in your, in your soul, if you will, in your mind, will, emotions, and conscience, you can go through pain relationally and transition. When you do that, sometimes it's just weakness leaving. And I don't know about you all, but I want the areas that are weak in my life to leave so that I can be strong. And so when you talk about being strong, being a strong people, it really doesn't leave a whole lot of room for people to, um, to kind of have an attitude of woe is me. Um, because somebody around is going to lovingly tell you to suck it up, buttercup. I can't believe you'd say something like that. Well, that's, we're at the gym this morning, folks. You ever seen a trainer? They yell at people. I'm not going to yell at anybody, all right? But, you know, but sometimes we have, to ha- we have to have those people around us that if we're going to grow, they can speak into the areas and stretch us in ways that other people won't stretch us. There is a reformation happening from the reformers in the church today. And I was going to say this, and I interrupted myself. It used to be years ago, people would come in and they would be like, like somebody would like, just something would go on and they're like, I, I can't handle this. And now we have people come in and they're like, we just love this place. It's so amazing. God's so good. The presence of God is awesome. <laughs> and then like four or five weeks, they get in and six weeks and they're like, you know, I, I just, uh, uh, I'm just not, not sure about this place here. Uh, I don't know. And what it is, is that the areas that God is trying to get out of their thinking and mentality and mindset, they're struggling to let go of it. People, human beings are 100% habitual. We are creatures of habit is another way you could say it. And when we develop mindsets, mentalities, um, philosophies, ideas, lifestyles, we don't like to come out of it. And if you have somebody that's stretching you, you need to ask their motives. If they're questioning you, if they're stretching you by questioning maybe what you're doing or how you're going about doing things, you need to question their motives. But if you can, you can define that their motives are pure, that's the difference between a true brethren and a false brethren. Are their motives pure or not? And if you can discern that somebody's motives are pure, you should let that person speak into your life because they're only speaking into your life to help you from where you're at to where God wants you to be. It's not about them getting a merit badge or another notch in in their belt. It's about them literally helping you to go to the next level. Does anybody feel stretched so far just hearing this this morning? But this this was so freeing to me, just the idea that like not everybody likes to go to the gym. I got this this word. I have... um, well, you know, sometimes I'll just say I have this good prophet friend, uh, but Joseph Z, and he gave me this word. He's given me many words that have been like, uh, and just awesome. And so he told me this, gave me this word, and he said, you know, Kent, he said, we were, we were at a, it was funny because we were at this, um, this pastor's retreat last year. 
And everybody in the room, there's what, 25 pastors in there or, or couples, you know, 25 people in the room. And he went through and just gave everybody really powerful words. Gave me a word, went and gave somebody else a word, came back to me, gave me uh, some other things, just very confirming, confirming, confirming. And then he looked at Liz, gave Liz the shortest word of anybody in the room. He said, Liz, he said, you're going to be able to run off every Jezebel hussy that would try to come at him. Stand up here. Come here. Who's scared of that? I tell you what, if you see what's going on on the inside, you should be scared. If you're bad, if you're not bad, all right, it's cool. I was like, don't be scared of me. I just thought, and even at that that conference, only one other person was as small as you. And here she had this, this word like, you're going to knock the devil's block off, basically is what that word was. So anyways, um, today is our 18th anniversary. Thank you. It's, it's been a very, it's really, I was going to joke, but I'll stop so I can get to back, back to preaching, but it's really been awesome. She's a blessing. She really is. She, I, uh, the first year, I had a friend of my dad's ask me, he said, how's she treating you? I came up with the best answer, and I've stuck with it, and I said, better than I deserve. Amen. So, <laughs> praise the Lord. Amen. Okay, you can sit down. Um, yeah, so he gave me this word, all right? And he said, Kent, he said, you're a gladiator trainer. And I was like, thanks, thanks. And on the inside, I'm like, what the heck is a gladiator trainer? But, you know, sometimes the Lord, you know, when he gives you prophetic words, when someone will give you a word, it's, it can be confirming, but it can also be enlightening. So the whole thing about, like, if it doesn't bring confirmation, it's not from God. Well, have you ever had something given to you for the first time? At some point, it has to be spoken to you for the first time. So if it doesn't bring confirmation and it's coming from a good source, gently set it on a very close-by shelf and say, God, make me, help me understand that, it, that that's from you. Amen. And so I did that. And then I, I, as time has gone on, I realize what the, what the Lord has called me to is to train gladiators. Anybody ever see American Gladiator? Remember that show? And it was like, I forget all the ones, but they were like, shoo, you know, they came out and they did all of this stuff. Now we have American Ninja Warrior, which is cooler, but it's not American Gladiators. It's not the same thing. But it was like, it, the people were like, ice. It was like, um, you know, their names were like ice and you know, does anybody remember this? Am I the only ones? Yeah, okay, so anyway, I don't remember all their names, but they were cool. I thought that they were really cool. Remember how muscular they were? And they would, like, fight. Oh, and they had the, the, the stick things that they would, I think they probably planned who was going to win or whatever. Yeah, what was that ever the thing was? Huh? Yeah, two hands. Yeah, the jab. Yeah, they had two hands. Am I right? It was two hands. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And uh, so anyways, but you ever notice how strong they were, how much balance they had, how much footing they had? They were incredible. The thing is, is that they didn't become strong by going into the gym and just looking at everybody else work out. There was some gladiator trainer that was training them. Amen. I know some people are like, dude, I don't want to have to fight to the death. (laughs) You need to fight to the death. You need to have that robust, resolute strength of the Lord on you that you will not quit all the way into the very end. 
It says that they overcame because of the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and, does anybody know the last part? Because they loved their lives all the way to the point of death. They loved their lives not. They did not love their lives. Let me fix that. All the way to the point of death. I think it was death of self, but literally people that were willing to go all the way to the very end of whatever, sticking with God, trusting God, and having a strength about them. Why? Because they were in the place where they allowed the Lord to bring strength to them. Being strong or not is not dependent upon your circumstances. It's dependent upon a choice to become strong. The Word actually teaches, um, and I'm going to get into this just here in a moment, that we're, we're actually commanded to be strong. Liz read one of the verses that we're going to go to. I want to give you this, though. So I'm going to give you the vision statement. And here's our vision statement. All right, I'm going to write it up here. If you can read it, great. Building strong people. And then the second part, like we said, is building strong churches. All right, I'm going to get into this here in just a minute. One thing I want to do that is really, I felt really impressed to do this, and I know I'm running out of time. I keep saying I'm going to get into this, and then I'm almost out of time. But um, I want to tell you this. There have been one, two, three, four, five, six books that have been really influential in developing the culture that we have here. And I just want to throw these out there to you, maybe from, I'll do from uh, least to greatest, <laughs> put mine at the bottom. Uh, <clears throat> Let's do it like this, all right? I want you to remember the best for last. <laughs> hey, man, if you don't believe in what you're doing, you shouldn't do it. I wrote a book for those of you that don't know, and I needed another third hand. Anybody that ever said that we lose stuff because of evolution, because we don't need it. Wouldn't it be nice to have a tail? You ever see? You ever see? Forget about the order, okay? You know the whole thing about, you ever see the picture of, of like a human skeleton? There's a little uh, bone uh, that sticks out back there. Uncle Rico calls it the cockex. Does anybody know who Uncle Rico is? I am so all over the place today. When I was driving in this morning, I felt the pleasure of the Lord on me so strong. It just messed me up. It just messed me up. I began to laugh, genuine, joyful laugh, me and God in the car, just me and him. I, need, I needed that. So anyways, that little bone that sticks there, it's called the coccyx, right? And evolution teaches that, that used to be a tail when we were monkeys. <laughs> but evolution teaches that as we evolve, that we lose things that we don't need. And I'm like, that totally just throws the whole thing out. Because if we had a tail, imagine armful of groceries, you could just you close the car door, you could open the house door, you could have a third hand like this. So anyways, okay, forget all that. <laughs> What'd you learn in church today about monkeys? Okay, here's, here's one that's really important. I want to throw these out. You may want to write these down if you want to understand a little bit deeper some of the things that have really fed into what God has done. This is called Invading Babylon by uh, Lance Walnow and Bill Johnson. It's an incredible book. It's about the seven mountains mandate because what we're trying to do here is not just be a people in the church 
but we're trying to be a people that get set on fire in the church to go and reach the different, the different regions, the different mountains, the different spheres of influence. Really important. This is um, a book by Rob Rufus called Invading the Impossible. Um, I think we caused them to sell out of this book because I told everybody, you got to read this book, you got to read this book. It's really largely about our, our position that we have in Christ. An incredible book. I really, really encourage you to read it. It is really, really awesome. It will really set you on fire. Um, and then this one is called Revival Hubs Rising kind of from a different stream than what we're used to. Um, but I just felt impressed to just show these to you guys today, and so that's what I'm doing. But this one's called Revival Hubs Rising. It's by Ryan Lestrange and Jennifer LeClaire. And the Lord spoke to me one day years ago when I was reading in Acts chapter 5 and in verse uh, 19, I believe it is, it says that they brought people, sick people, from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, and they were healed. And when I read that, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, Perryville is a hub. And so I wrote that there, and then later on, I found this book called Revival Hubs Rising, and it talks about the difference of just a traditional church versus a revival hub kind of church. This church has, has revival fire in it. We believe, we have, we have a revival spirit in this church. We're about bringing dead things back to life. We're about seeing people that had no hope have hope. We're about seeing uh, ashes turned into beauty and people set into the place that God's called them to and to be able to start ministries and do things and go into all the world and just literally go to their job and have influence in their job and their workplace and their home and their school and every place that God has called them to. The only way that that is going to happen is there has to be reformation in the church what the church has been doing. I'm a reformer. I have this shirt that's called Born to Reform. I literally believe that God has put me on this earth to bring reformation to the world, in particular to the establishment first. The established church is not doing what's necessary. We are losing the war in our culture to the world. We're losing. We are losing. If the church is not reformed, reshaped, transformed by the reformers, we will essentially lose this generation. It has to happen. Well, so what are you going to do? Come in and, and sing, you know, three songs and hear a 15-minute message and uh, shake a few hands and say hi and bye on your way in and out and hopefully things get changed. No, it's not cutting the mustard. It's not working. We have to do different things. we got to raise people up. We have to train people. We have to empower people. We need to experience the fire of God, the power of God, the holiness of God. We need to talk in tongues. Things that have been relegated to the back room of the church at best. God's called us to be reformers and raise things up. Also, this book called Building Strong, it's by Robert Gay. Somebody came and handed this to me, not knowing anything about anything. I said, I felt really impressed to give this to you, which people do that a lot. But I was like, you know what? I feel really compelled in this. And it was like, it was like bingo, 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 bingo. Everything I was reading was exactly what God was saying by Robert Gay, Building Strong by Robert Gay, and of course, Finding Kingdom Builders, I'll do it second to last, but Finding Kingdom Builders, this was the book that I wrote that's about uh, Nehemiah and having four different kinds of builders, uh, spectators, sand ballots, builders, and Nehemiahs, which one are you? And so that's really good. You can get that out there. Uh, normally, they're $15.99. We're running a special today. They're $21.99, so get it before they go out. <laughs> And then lastly, this book right here called Culture of Honor, extremely important. I believe this will go down in history with the Reformation that we're in. This will go down in history as the catalyst book for what God did in our day. It's incredible. It's written by a man named Danny Silk. Okay, can you guys give me 15 minutes? Well, I feel so encouraged. Can you guys give me 15 minutes? Okay, thank you. So... Um,
I want to do, do this real quick here. I want to talk about what it means to, to build strong people and build strong churches because they mean something they mean something different. They go together, but they do mean something different. And this, when you're talking about building people, you're talking about individuals. And so it's individual growth. And when you're talking about churches, you're talking about corporate or congregational is a better word to use probably. Congregational growth. And this is what I found out. If you don't have this, if you don't have individual growth, you will not have congregational growth. It's like when you're in a marriage, and anytime I do marriage counseling, I don't just have the people work on their marriage, I have them work on themselves. Because if you have two people in a marriage and they're not getting along, they can't work on them, they can't work on their, their relationship together. So it's the same thing when you're coming at building a, an individual congregation or multiple congregations. The Lord has actually told us that we're going to be a, a catalyst to help other churches, but then also establish other churches. And now we have two different campuses. So that's a vision that God's given us. We wrote down and we're going to see it come to pass. We're already starting to see it come to pass. But it starts here with building strong people. And so this is where we bring people in and we teach them how to become strong. We show them how to become strong. We train them into becoming strong people. And this is just where people have to come down to this thing and where I'm always trying to be careful to write up, make people feel inoculated. Like, I just don't think I can go there. Listen, you can come, sit, be blessed, be encouraged, be strengthened. You do not have to jump in the river. You can literally sit on the edge or only go ankle deep and receive the measure of blessing that you want to. Or you can jump all the way in, get your head wet, get all the way in, get totally covered and have everything that God has to offer at this point. And I got news for you, the river is also rising. We're going deeper and deeper and greater. We're getting wetter and wetter and wetter and it's getting gooder and gooder and gooder. And because the Lord, he's a God of increase. He doesn't just start with something and then end there. People sometimes start with something and end there, but God always increases. This is where denominations get formed, is that they get one element of truth. You look at almost every single denomination that there is, you'll find some truth that is from the Lord that they have, but they stop there, they camp there, and they camp around that one truth instead of continuing to move on with the Lord. I don't know about you, but I want to have all of the truths, all of the revelations, all the things that God has to offer. I don't want just one thing. I want want multiple streams that he has for us to bring about the fullness of what God really has. You know, I've come to find something. You know, if you go down and you look at the Mississippi River, close to where the Ohio River comes in, down southern Missouri, southern Illinois, somewhere down there, there's a bridge you can go over. I forget where it's at, near Cairo or something like that. And when you go over, you can actually see where the Ohio River comes in. It's a different color than the Mississippi. And they go like this, and you can tell the differences. And then all of a sudden, they join together and they mesh together. Every single thing that God has to offer is from God. Sometimes we look at this stream over here or this stream over here, and it's not our stream, and we often throw off things that God has for us that we need to have merged in to where we are just the people of God led by the Spirit of God and His Word. Does that make sense? And there has to be this wall broken down and I believe this is part of what brings strength corporately. There has to be this wall broken down to where, you know, you don't just take everything hook, line, and sinker, but we need to be willing to receive from people that have the fruit of God. 
It says to imitate those who through faith and patience have inherited the promises. Well, if we can find things and if you want to say other streams, I hate to even say that, but if from other places that have benefit, we shouldn't throw it all out. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I've got different streams and ministries that I draw from on a personal level that actually benefit you guys that don't come from the Bible college that I went to. And some of them, if they knew where I drew from, they might be like, whoa, what are you doing over there? They've got nutrients and things that I need in my stream that God wants us to have. Do you know it's the exact same way that it works in a local body? That's how that works in a local body. There are things that people have that you need, and there are things that, other, that, that you have that other people need. You know, when we were doing the ministry outreach yesterday, it was so awesome. By the way, next time we do it, everyone of you sign up. Just sign up and come. It was so good. And if we had had, I really believe that whenever, you know, Jesus said, go and get all the water pots that you could, right? They went and got all the water pots. I think that if it had had 20 more water pots and filled it with water, it all would have been turned into wine. And also with Elijah and the, the situation with the water pots being full, they went and got all they had. But if they had had more water pots, those would have been filled too. If we'd had more people to wash cars yesterday, we would have ministered to more people. Literally, what happened? We brought them in. We gave them drinks if they wanted. Non-alcoholic drinks. We gave them drinks, especially because they were driving and it was a church and all that. But we pulled them through. We, we washed their cars. And then they were so blessed that we were out there. They tried to donate money to us. And we're like, no, 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 no. A couple of people came back and they said, take the money. So we didn't want to get in a fight, so we did take, take the money in that sense. But we were like, no, no, we're here to bless you. We're here to bless you. We're here to be a blessing. And those people were so blessed that I think basically almost every one of those people that pulled away, and we gave them just a little card in their hand to tell them a little bit about the church. And they had people um, praying with them, and, and counseling sessions were going on in the, right there in their car. Prayed with people for all kinds of stuff. We got a guy got born again yesterday. Come on. Come on. Let's hear it for the Lord. But you know, what I noticed is that there were only a few people that were doing most of the ministry to the people. And it wasn't me. I'm actually not the best person probably to stand in the window and give somebody, you know, prayer or whatever. I've got my gifting and things that work really well. But, you know, it's funny is that sometimes people will say, I'm just afraid to do that. And they're the best people to do it anyway. So if you feel afraid to do something, you probably should step out and at least try it. And so we had awesome ministry that was going on. You know what I was doing? I was washing bumpers. That's what I was doing. But I, was, I noticed something. That if the people hadn't been standing handing out drinks, and the people hadn't been standing there washing the cars, then they never would have made it to the end of the line to hear the gospel. It is a, it is a corporate thing that works together. But what has to happen before that can even happen is that people have to become strong themselves. We have a strength in this church. I can literally ask you guys to do anything, and trust me, I do not take this lightly. I can ask you guys to do anything, and you'll do it. That's actually really scary to hold that. I had somebody tell me that recently. They, they said, they saw this on the church, and he said, you can tell uh, or ask your church to do anything. And he said, they'll follow you. They'll do it. And I was like, whoa, they actually trust me to lead. You talk about a, a weight on me. I mean, a good sense, but it was like a real reality check. But I also trust you guys to follow when I ask you to do something. You know why? You're strong. You're strong. You're strong in the Lord, and you're growing stronger in the Lord. But I felt like this question needed to be answered because literally people are like, I don't understand. This place is awesome. Why aren't we busting at the seams? And I'm, at the, I'm with the Lord, and I'm like, Lord, this place is awesome. Why aren't we busting at the seams? We love people very, very well. We're very structured, uh, not overly structured to where we push, push out the Holy Ghost. We've got great order. We've got great leadership. Not perfect, but we're doing a lot of things right. 
And here's what I really believe, is that God is setting us up for the days that are to come. This is a place of refuge, a city set on a hill. And as it gets darker, we will shine brighter and people will come for what we have. Because it, we have the ability to train people. We have the ability to train gladiators. And is the world not a big, nasty mess that people need to be strengthened to be able to fight? Not against other people, but against, but against the enemy. We have a nasty devil that wants to destroy us. So hallelujah. So um, I want to say this also. I want to pull out this word. This word for, and there's so much I want to say here, but both of these words here, and I'm running out of time. This means this. It means intentionality. I didn't spell it right, but I'm going fast. It means intentionality. When something, you know, a weed can grow without any intention, but a building can't be built unless somebody makes plans and goes through and buys the materials and actually builds something. So when you're talking about building something, you're talking about intentionality in what you're doing. So we've got this interesting mix that you build strong people, but you don't really build people. They actually are, they grow. As human beings, physically, we grow, right? But then also spiritually, once we get born again, we have the opportunity to continue growing. Let's look here at Ephesians chapter 2. Pull up Ephesians chapter 2. You guys still with me? Ephesians chapter 2. Thank you, Jesus, for helping me be laser-focused for a few more minutes and I want to show you this. This has been a really important verse. Ephesians 2 and verse 20. It says, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. By the way, every single one of those books that I mentioned to you all talk about the apostolic and the prophetic ministry. People have been so scared of it because there's been so much abuse with it. But I'm telling you, the real true church of the Lord Jesus Christ cannot operate outside of the vein in which he has called it to operate in. And we are supposed to be an apostolic and a prophetic people. And scripturally, the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows, listen to this, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. You know, I don't know about you all, but last time I checked, buildings don't grow, right? I've never seen a building grow, but that's the, the dynamics that are in the kingdom of God is that it uses pictures, but then also says things that you have to apply spiritual reality to it. So the church is like a building, and it's like a building in this sense. It says, in whom the whole building being fitted together. If you're going to build a building, then you have to be, and you are one of the, if you're going to build a building, let's stick with the natural for a second. If you're going to build a building, and let's just take old type of building before they used wood or steel, and they used rocks, what would they do to those rocks? They would cut those rocks to fit in, and without each rock being cut to fit in and put in place, the rest of the building couldn't exist. You know what I found out about the scripture? That this is talking about allowing the Lord to cut us and trim us and fit us into the body as he is designed. That's really hard on people sometimes. You know why? Because most people, I'm going to tell you the number one problem in the church as a whole, not this church. I prayed most of them out. I prayed them all out. There's none left, but I prayed them all out. Here's the number one problem in the church. It's people with personal ambitions.
if you see yourself as the building and not part of the building, you'll make all of the building process all about you. I am not the church. You are not the church. We are part of the church. You say, well, I really want to be the big picture window. Maybe you're a two by four. You say, that's just not fair. It only becomes unfair when people find their identity and their function and not in who they are in Christ. It becomes an identity issue for people. They see the one singing up on the stage or, you know, whatever, and they're like, I really want to do that. Well, maybe God hasn't called you to do that. Maybe he has, and your time will come. I'm not saying he hasn't. There's always room for all areas of ministry to be able to do whatever. But it's not, it's not about what you do. It's about who you belong to. And when you know who you belong to, the what you do begins to bring strength and growth and health to the rest of the church. But if you find somebody that has got all of these jagged, offended things sticking out all over them, and you try to place them in the middle, it will mess the whole building process up. And sometimes we try to go in and we want to be like, I want to fit right here. I want to do this thing. And maybe you're even being put into the right place functionally, but you got so many jagged edges that you're messing everybody else up. Excuse, excuse me. That person is messing everybody else up. Remember the whole gym thing? Okay, we're pumping a little iron right here. It's cool, right? There's a reason why things don't work. Like if you think about, you think about churches as a whole, m- most churches, if they, if they actually remain in existence, they function horribly. I've been a part of more ab- ab- abuse problems, all of this kind of stuff. A lot of you guys have been too, and I'm not coming down on anybody. Or I'm not saying our ministry's got it all figured out. We have had to work through a lot of stuff. But it's just come down to what makes it great is when people stop trying to promote themselves and they just promote Jesus and promote other people. That's how you build something. <laughs> I could use all these analogies, but you know, you don't paint a rock and hang it on the wall as a picture. Well, I don't know. People do weird stuff, so maybe they might do that. I don't know. <laughs> Every place, everything has its place to help the structure, the whole thing be what it's supposed to be. And when you're covenant-minded, you're willing to just come in and say, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm here for the whole. I'm not here for me. I'm not here for the individual piece. And this is, I've had to deal with this in my own self. Like, there was years where I'm like, there must be, you know, people just don't like my preaching. Well, some don't, but it's not about my preaching. It's about my, my willingness to just simply do what God says and then raise other people up to be able to be set in their place to cause growth and strength to the whole thing. And here's the end result. It says that in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. You want to know why people sense the presence of God when they walk in here? Let me just ask you, how many of y'all, the first time you came in here, you're like, man, God is in this place. You could fit, and you felt love and all of that. There's, most everybody is like, yes, you agree with that. You know why? We were very intentional to work on individual growth so that we could develop the corporate or the congregational growth. And I, and I, and I look at what God's doing, and I'm thinking, and, I, and I've thought, I wouldn't change it for anything. I saw what it was like before 
to not be to not be intentional, to be like, hey, let's work on this, let's work past this, and to literally deal with, I've had to deal with my own attitude before. There's times Liz has looked at me and she said, you're the problem, you need to change. I'd like to be married to that. <laughs> I enjoy it, actually. It's good. We have to have people that will help us stretch and grow. Here's a question you can ask for yourself, because this is part of growth. Who do you allow to speak into your life personally? If you say, well, I don't, I don't really have anybody that speaks into my life, you should. You say, well, I, I'm just not sure that I need that. You're wrong. You won't grow unless you have that. You won't grow unless you have people. And you don't just want anybody speaking into your life. If, if you like the fruit, have those people speak into your life. If you don't like their fruit, don't have those people speak into your life. But you have to have people that you're willing to come under to allow God to use them to bring about strength and growth to you. Amen. Man. I feel like I just pole vaulted over a pole here. You guys are looking at me like, are you going to pick yourself up? Is this good? You guys okay? Okay. All right. You ready to go to the gym with me? I don't mean today. We're kind of out of time, but you guys ready to go to the gym? Are you ready to get strong and continue being strong? I know you are. But understand what's going on dynamically, spiritually in this house is that there is a call to grow. There's a call from the Lord to grow. And some people, they, they, they just don't want to do that. And again, I, I don't care if people grow or not in terms of it doesn't necessarily affect me one way or the other, but it affects you. And so getting this to this place in your, in your mind to where you decide in your heart to where I'm not going to stay where I'm at, but I'm going to continue to press on and move forward. There's so much that I want to say that I haven't had time. Let's say this real quick. Ephesians 6 and 10. Let me pull this up for you. Ephesians 6 and 10. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Notice that there is basically a command there to be strong in the Lord. Being weak is a choice. Being strong is a choice. And I'm not saying you get there overnight, but choosing to show up to the spiritual gym and allow yourself to be challenged so that you can develop your spiritual muscles to get to the place that God wants you to be, that is your choice. Go to Joshua chapter 1, verse 7 through 9. Liz wrote, read this a little bit ago, but let's pull this up to where everybody can see it. Joshua 1, 7 through 9. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all uh, the law or the word of God, which Moses, my servant, commanded you, do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. For time's sake, jump down to verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Look, here's a command. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you. Let me tell, take you on a quick series of things that has to happen here. In order to be strong, you have to have joy. You know why? It says in Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10 that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So if you are going to have strength, you have to have joy. So here is, very quickly, let me show you this. That right there is, what do we call that? Beside a triangle, if it's a building, it's what? It's a pyramid. What are probably the oldest buildings that are, that are on the face of the earth? 
It's the pyramids, right? It's the great pyramids that are there. And the reason why is that the foundation is so strong. And the opposite would be true if you turn that upside down and you were top heavy and had nothing at the bottom, it would tip over. It would be the weakest form of a building or a structure. And so what we need to do is we need to have a right structure. What does the Bible say that the kingdom of God is? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so here at the bottom, we have righteousness. I'm scribbling. We have peace and we have joy. Righteousness is uh, the reality. I'm just going to say it. I'm not going to write it. Righteousness, listen to this, is the reality of our position. It's the truth about who we are. Righteousness isn't just right standing but it's, it's our position that we're in in Christ. Righteousness produces an understanding. The reality of our righteousness and understanding of it produces peace. Why? Because you have assurance. It's, God, it's God's kind of peace. Jesus said, the peace I give, give to you, the peace I leave with you, it's not as the world gives, but it's my peace. Why is it his peace? It's because we have an assurance in the position that we have in Christ. Follow me for 20 more seconds, which means two minutes, literally two minutes. Because of our position, we have the foundation, the reality of that, because the kingdom of God, it is this in the Holy Spirit. And the reason the Holy Spirit's involved is because you can't understand this unless he reveal it to you. But he says, my peace I leave with you. Why is it his peace? It's because when you know who you are, when you know the position that you have in Christ, it will bring a peace to you or cause you to enter into a peace that nobody can disrupt. When I came into the understanding of my position in him, not just that I was right with him, but literally like my sonship in him, when that hit me personally, it was like, oh, it's over. <laughs> it's over. The devil lost. This is why it says that he's the accuser of the brethren. He doesn't stop day and night. What is he doing? He's trying to get me and you to believe that what the Bible says about our position isn't true. But if you can read the Bible, you can understand it. You can understand that you are righteous. You are right with God because of what Jesus has done. When that gets settled in your heart, instantly peace comes. You're like, oh, it's, it's, there's, it's fine. It's no big deal. And for anybody to be like, oh, that will cause people to live in sin, then you don't understand it. You don't get it. You don't have a revelation of it. Because once what's on the inside of you becomes a reality to your heart, it will manifest out and you will become an instrument of righteousness. Meaning that righteousness, holiness becomes a way of life for you. Because you see yourself different. How you see yourself will determine what you believe. What you believe will determine the actions that you take. How you see yourself determines what you believe about yourself. What you believe about yourself will determine the actions that you take. So once you have peace, then you can have joy. And joy is the expression of our position, of the reality of our position. Righteousness is the reality of our position. Peace is the assurance of our position. And joy is the expression of our position. And you know what you got when you put those together? <laughs> Strength. <laughs> Stick that in your pipe and smoke it, devil. You get that? You get that settled in your heart? You won't lose. You won't lose. You won't lose anything. You know how we get strong? Righteousness, peace, and joy, and the Holy Spirit 
And when we have that joy, the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's not your righteousness, it's not your peace, and it's not your joy. It's all of His. And when it comes from Him, it's real. It's not superficial. You ever been to a place where you're like, oh, and you try to, try to be excited or happy? When this is true in your heart, you don't even have to try to be. You just wake up like, oh, my God, you're, you're amazing. You're awesome. You're incredible, God. <laughs> then what you did yesterday and the day before and last month and the first part of your life all of a sudden becomes truly a thing of your past, and you don't live from past present, you live from present future, because this is your future. This is who you are. This is what God says about you. And every time the enemy would come and bring anything to you, he can't rob your joy if you've got peace, and if you've got peace, you've got righteousness, and the other way it goes too. When you become secure in who you, in, in who you are and how he's made you, then nothing can mess you up. That's a strong building right there, isn't it? A pyramid is a strong, a strong building. And that's how God's created us spiritually. Strong. We just need to know who we are. You know, building strong people isn't about, isn't about having a bunch of type A personalities. The Lord only injects a few of those into every church. And we need them. But if everybody was type A, it would, I don't know, it would be crazy. It'd be crazy. It'd be very loud. I was with my friend Troy this past week, and I hadn't seen seen him in many years. And we lay down to bed one night, and Liz was talking really loud. And I said, can you please tone it down? I said, I've had somebody screaming in my ear all day long. Those of you that know him, that's how type A people often tend to be. But praise the Lord, it's not that kind of strength. It's the strength that we have in the Lord. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we are making a difference, visit overcomerschurchinternational.com.